everyone, and welcome back to Survivor at Home, the podcast. This is episode two following Survivor 43. I'm here. My name is Jordan. I'm alongside my co-host, Andrew. Andrew, we're two episodes in the return of Survivor, the return of Survivor at Home, the podcast, and we've had a good start. It's been a great cast to see so far. Just overall, give me give me like two thoughts. Two thoughts, great cast, great stories, and great co-hosts tonight. We have none other than your sister and newer and more improved champion of Survivor at Home, Brooke Timpson is here. Big round of applause. We don't have a clap track, but Brooke, welcome to the podcast. We're really glad to have you here. And I want to ask you right away, what is it like to be the most recent champion of a Survivor at Home event in the Timpson household? It feels feels good. It feels empowering. Jordan held that over me for a long time. He was so proud of himself that he won. And now I'm the recent champion. So I have that over him. Well, <laughs> uh, so Brooke, I have a question for you. Can you give us the story of how you first played Survivor at Home? Yes, I can. Okay. So um, Jordan obviously was first with Survivor at Home. He had played a season and he had won. Um, and then the next season was coming up and he was returning. Um, and the morning of the day it was supposed to start, um, he barged into my room at like 10 o'clock in the morning and said, Brooke, some people like backed out of Survivor at home. Do you want to play? Like, I think it would be fun. You should play. And I was just exhausted, so tired, hadn't woken up yet. And I just said, no, absolutely not. Get out. And then a couple hours later, I woke back up and then walked into his room and I said, is that spot still open? Because you know what? I'm interested. And then I played that night and that weekend and it was a lot of fun. And you did very well, very yeah. well in that first experience. Uh, what was it like? So for those who are listening, uh, I think most people are familiar, but it's an online weekend long event where they play online games and then have a time of social strategy on a video platform and you're trying to get to the end and be the sole survivor. So Brooke, you made it pretty far. I mean, just jumped in last minute. What was your experience like playing that first time? It was actually like super intimidating at the beginning, um, just because as I had hopped on and met some of my tribe mates, um, some of them had been like talking about how they prepared like weeks and been going over the website, going over different people's bios. And I had like 12 hours to prepare, not even like, seven or eight hours mm -hmm. to look at people's bios like I just felt not prepared at all going in I just was going in to have a good time but it was super nerve-wracking and then finally the nerves calmed down when I was playing halfway through and then just flowed with the game and it was a lot of fun amazing and then after that one so our more recent one that we referenced was our survivor home kind of a light version we called it a one night event still the same format still very intense but you came out as the champion of that uh so congratulations again to you our most recent champion of a survivor at home event someone will probably try to dethrone you in an upcoming one but uh what was that like and what did it take for you to get actually get to the end that time and and become the sole survivor so that one i had more weeks to prepare for it which was nice didn't help too much because I didn't prepare as much still, but um, I jumped in and I just felt more confident. And now I'm going in knowing people other than Jordan, who actually did not play that season, but I'm going in making connections already, knowing people, just kind of having the confidence to 
lead the tribe in the beginning and then towards the end just take charge i won i think it was three immunities challenges and just went to the end and won yeah that helps too um so i wanted to ask because you were one of the younger players to ever join into survivor yeah. at home i think i've never even officially asked your age i don't think but i i'm guessing uh that you are uh because mm -hmm. jordan looks down on you and says things that are <laughs> looks unkind down. Look, neither <laughs> he, he, of those he looks says down many says on things, negative things. which are true and this is your time to get back at him tonight but um anyway you played i wonder if you can relate to someone even like sammy on this on this season who's like coming in younger does being the, one of the younger ones there affect the way you play like were you my question is were you aware of that as you looked around that night i was a little bit aware of it um going into it as i looked through the people's bios in the two hours i had um but to be honest i don't think it had any sort of factor at all um being the younger player it just it didn't factor into me well, way to shut down my question, Brooke. She wasn't even concerned about it. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, it's just, it didn't consider it. I mean, one of my stronger allies was significantly, well, not too significantly, but a little bit older than me. Um, and it just, it didn't factor into that. Can I you just, name and name and shame that person that you've just called old? It's just called significantly <laughs> older than you? Someone who well, is very old. Because I think they're one of the younger players too, but Lynette and I were like really tight. I didn't realize how much older she was than me until she's very old. Game. I had no idea. She's Lynette, you're not old. Lynette, you were my bestie and all love here. <laughs> Amazing. Well, remind me too later on as we debrief this episode, because I want to talk about that. I know you and Lynette had a strong bond. And as we get yeah. into the second episode, we're starting to see lines become more clear and people are identifying a partner or kind of a ride or die. So I won't ask it now, but as we get into that later, just keep that in the back of your mind about your experience too, of, of what it means to be tight with someone. And if that's a detriment for the episode, but Jordan, anything else that you wanted to say to your sister or Brooke, anything else you wanted to ask Jordan uh, as the past champion, uh, the outdated champion in your household? He's old news. That's <laughs> He's old news. That happened so long ago. I'm, yeah. I'm good to go. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're here. Jordan, anything for yeah. yourself? No, welcome. Welcome in, Brooke. You asked a good, Andrew, you asked a good question about Survivor at Home Light because we haven't had a chance to really highlight that, but that was the most recent season of Survivor at Home. So it was good to uh, to have that. And yeah, Brooke winning Survivor at Home was pretty cool to uh, to get another Survivor at Home championship in our uh, our family. So kind of kind of a cool, uh, cool little story growing there. But let's pop into this week's episode. Um, and we've got episode two. I didn't... Uh, we learned earlier this week that it was a 90 minute episode. We've been asking for a little longer episodes other than episode one. And, uh, and we got 90 minutes this week, um, which, uh, which to me is a little bit of a success in the survivor community, getting some more screen time out here. I don't know about you guys, how you guys feel about that. I love it. I remember Tyson on one of his podcasts said, you know, whoever the producers are, like, I don't care if you have to sacrifice and lose more of your family time. Like the people want more survivors. So do whatever it takes. <laughs> give us more and you felt it this week even as the episode went on even like after the tribal usually they just focus on the tribe that's going to tribal but this one they jumped to back to back i think mm -hmm. it was as well so you got yeah. just that extra content content and i wish we had it every week but apparently i think this is the only week they're doing that 
is it? Oh, that's too bad. They'll probably have another two hour episode, but it'll be like two episodes in one. Uh, they typically do that at some point later in the season as well. But as with always, any episode begins with uh, looking back at the tribe that just went to tribal council. And Owen has an interesting predicament where if I'm right, if I remember correctly, and I can actually go back and look at a note, his name came up at the last tribal. He got a vote. Uh, the votes went Mariah, Owen, and then the rest, the rest were Mariah. So the second vote of the season went to Owen. I don't think he was expecting it based on his uh, based on his reaction here at the end of the episode. I guess he got a little anxious, which is fair. Um, I'm assuming if you're out there playing hard, thinking you're pretty safe and your name comes up on a vote to tie it one all, you, all of a sudden you're think, your mind starts racing. Is it me? Did they do this? Are they this conniving? Are they this, uh, this sneaky this early on in the season? The rest of the votes go Mariah. He's good, but it's even, he says, my name came up and that's always going to be scary. That's scary for sure. Um, his name came up. Brooke, did you have any situations in Survivor at Home where that came up? Where I had a vote and was like, yeah, where like your name came, your name, you got a vote and you weren't expecting that. Yeah. So actually in my first season, um, I think it was the first, the first tribal council my team went to, I, there was one vote for me. I think it was Lynette ended up going home, but there was one vote for me and I was startled a little bit, like taken back. Um, and then a tribe mate popped into a chat with me and said, I accidentally voted for you. So then it was all good. <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> I love that. I, um, yeah, that idea of looking down the barrel, he says, like, it's, I think we touched on this last week. Imagine you go through the whole process, you apply, which that in itself is very hard for those who have applied. I've done it once fill it out the application form, submit a video. Imagine you got the call and then you went through production and you went, you got all your plans in place for your personal life and your job or your family. You go there, you get on the beach, you meet the cast, you see Jeff, you do the first challenge, you lose the challenge, go tribal. And then you see your name show up. You're like, am I going to be the first one going home here? That would be just a terrible feeling. Someone's going to be the first. And Mariah was the unfortunate victim in week one, but as you said, I can totally understand that sense that Owen's feeling like, wow, <laughs> like, but he, he thanks them too. He's like, I'm grateful you kept me around. And uh, Gabler, by the way, got to correct myself last week. I was insistent. It was Gabler <laughs> and Steph wrote, she texted me listening to it. She's like, you're an idiot. Like it's not Gabler. They even <laughs> watch the episode. It's Gabler. Gabler is his name. Um, and he, he speaks up too. He says, thank you for not voting. You know, I have an idol and you didn't vote for me. Um, and so acknowledging that part that your tribe mates have in that and I think that's the, the alter it always feels a bit cheesy when I'm watching those moments and they come back and apologize or thank them but you got to just be political there right you got to just say what you got to say and and move on from there but he, Owen survives Mariah's the first to go the the peak moment of coming back after tribal and emotions being high is that Tony and Sarah moment in winners at war right where Sarah I think there was the Sophie vote out and Sarah is just ripping into Tony because she's so mad and now anything less than that, less than that high emotion and excitement that went on in that conversation is mm -hmm. maybe a slight disappointment in the coming back from tribal um, and not quite as entertaining as that moment where Sarah just is, she's, she's not happy. And it's, uh, it's a cool one, but a little tampered down in this one. We also see the first large storm. Can we, I don't know if anyone has a survivor history statistic on this. I don't, but it just feels like it happens every season. The first or second or third night the storms hit right away. And then there's, you never, you don't see storms later unless they play a really significant role, but 
this first storm hits on night. I think this is night three after the first tribal council. And um, it just, it's like, okay, here goes. We always learn how the players actually have survivor hit once that first storm hits. Yeah. Have you guys ever had that like camping or being up in Algonquin park here in Ontario, for those who are listening, a big uh, provincial park and um, yeah, you get out there, you're way into the woods and I've been, in a situation where it's poured all night like that, but I was still in a tent, but have you guys, have you experienced anything like that? No, I, I went out camping once in my life in a tent and there was a storm coming, but we set up a nice little tarp over and it ended up not hitting that hard. So, but no, I haven't experienced any torrential downpours where it's like miserable out. Okay. No, not same here. Not torrential downpours where I'm also sleeping outside. Like I've been at a summer camp, multiple different ones where you've had rain for days, but you still can be indoor and be dry in those situations. It's just traveling from place to place. That's a little miserable in that situation, but not, not like this where I was staying outdoors and had a torrential downpour. Maybe someone who's listening, who knows that I have can remind me of one, but I can't think of one right now. Yeah. And the, I think one of the lines of the episode was, uh, um sammy talking about how like <laughs> he's like it was a, a brutal night he's like normally i would go to a, like a convenience store and get my mom to pick me up and and i saw someone tweet <laughs> they're like no one's gonna expect sammy's a teenager when he says things like when it's raining i just go to the convenience store and wait for my mom to pick me up <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so that's good such a good point yeah it's so that is good. hilarious but um, that, people underestimate that and we see that with the oh. food as well with gabler but yeah. just the toll that one night like that would take on you. And Gabler, Riley, has you a, Gabler has a great line about it where he says the boundaries the game pushes you through are greater than you can expect. And like trying to sleep through the night, like with your cold and you're soaked all through the night, you can't, there's no way you can sleep. And if you ever like have any, anyone has gone through this where you just have a restless night and you can't fall asleep for whatever reason, those nights are long when you're, when it's, you're struggling to fall asleep. Now add how cold you are, how wet you are. Um, you're sleeping on bamboo, which to start off is not comfortable. To, so to start off to sleep on bamboo, you have to be super tired because you're not just going to fall asleep anywhere on bamboo. You've got to have that extra tiredness to you. And now you, you can't get sleep because of that would miserable be miserable. That would actually be a terrible yeah. sleep. Correct. It'd be a terrible experience. Like the survivor experience is really cool, but that, particular moment of time experience is is atrocious that's awful um and you can see gabler really struggling with it they wake up in the morning and there's just a couple of embers at the baka tribe and they don't have flint right because they lost their flint because they lost the last challenge so getting their fire back up and running will be very difficult if not impossible after that um absolute downpour that they just uh faced as well um sammy yeah longest sleep of his night um gabler then you start to see the age play a factor right we were talking about brooke earlier being the youngest player by a couple of years well gabler is the oldest player by 20 to 30 years on he has 20 to 30 years on some of the people on his tribe and with the lack of sleep physically he's struggling and he has a really interesting quote as well the longer i have to loaf to gain his energy back mm-hmm. uh, the more of a liability i become and he does he fears that he knows that you can get pointed out as a liability pretty easily in survivor and fair or not fair you can and he's got to kind of avoid that but also he just can't function like you look at the 
the scene where they're doing the bamboo, they're trying to redo the roof and everyone on the tribe or most people on the tribe are working on this bamboo right beside him. And he's just lying down because he needs to catch up on some sort of rest to be able to function moving forward. Yeah. I don't know how you push yourself when you're feeling that depleted. I was on a trip in Haiti years ago and I was even younger then. And we ran a soccer camp for kids. Not that you're old now. Not that I'm old. I'm not as old as Lynette, uh, uh, according to Brooke. Um, anyway, like our resident senior on the, and she's coming on the podcast, maybe even next week, actually, so she can defend her honor. But she can respond. Uh, she can respond to Brooke's horrible comments before, but um, just throwing her right under the bus. Just throwing her under the bus. Anyway, when I was there, and they, you know, you're running these camps, and the heat down there is different than it is here. And I, I remember a few days in just like the mental toll of like being away from home and being in the rural north of this country and, um, you know, new people and the heat and just you're exerting yourself. And I had a day where I just, I, I hit a wall and I was like, I feel like I could lay in bed for a week. Like, and that was just, you know, and I'm, I'm still eating, like I'm still having opportunities to, you know, rest in the day. And even then, so I, I again, I see that Gabler and others have these moments where, like, come on, push through. And Jeff is even chirping them in the challenge later on. But it's it's a real thing. It's the physical toll. And, you know, Brooke, you're an athlete too. You can understand. But it's just there is a point your body's like, no, I can't do it. Um, but you think you'd hope in Survivor. You'd be able to keep going, keep pushing. Um, and we'll see how Gabler does as he, you know, continues on this tribe. But we jump over to Vessi here. And this is where we're starting to see a little bit of the lines getting clearer. We referenced this earlier as well uh i'm gonna ask you this brooke of the uh you know you have the cody and uh neca you have dwight and jesse kind of you know sort of together this island wife situation going on and then uh you have the two women as well but what do you think of cody is my question what is your yeah. initial impression of him uh and his living life to the fullest he is just out there for a fun time He's just, I don't know. I, I actually really like him because I think as the game goes on, I actually think that he will pull out more strategy and get a little bit smarter. And I think he's kind of hiding some of that in this like fun, goofy, just living life personality. Mm -hmm. um, I think he'll, he'll really shine in the next couple episodes. Do you think you could, really like, how, how would you do? Like, honestly, if you were there on a tribe like that and you met a personality like Cody, is, he, is his personality one that you could connect with because you'll you see a few of them mentioning that i think it was dwight specifically he dwight goes on this whole speech of how hey i've talked to so many people like politicians as a kid and i'm really good at connecting with everyone except for, for cody like there's something about his personality so how would you do uh with someone like him i think i would really i would want to be with him i would want to kind of get along and be aligned with him um for a long-term perspective I don't think um, I would kind of go into an alliance with him, but to have on my tribe and just to make a connection with at the beginning of the game, I would, I would want to make a connection with someone like Cody. Hmm. It's interesting because he's the kind of personality that some people might say, no, of anyone, like, let's get him out. He's the more vocal one. He's a little crazy. You know, let's, let's, maybe he's going to disrupt the unity of the tribe. So let's, let's get him out. But uh, people seem to like him and, and him and NECA have a good relationship too. But so if, if he's okay, who, like, what kind of personality would you struggle with Brooke or Jordan to both of you? Like if you're there, you're playing survivor, obviously you're trying to be 
cordial, get along with everyone. But is there a certain personality type that you know, even now that it would be challenging? So for myself, I actually think I would struggle with someone like Cody because I would struggle to get an actual read on where do you stand? What do you, like one of the complaints about Cody throughout this episode is Jesse likes Cody, but he doesn't talk strategy. And Dwight can build a relationship with everyone but Cody. And he kind of leaves, he's leaving players wanting a little bit more um, in terms of the strategy and that type of connection. With him, it's a what you see is what you get though. But I actually think that that type of personality in a game where I know that I've got to have strategy and I know that in the game, I need to be um, connecting with people and understanding what they what they're saying, what they want to do, but also being able a little bit to predict what they might do and where they might go. He's unpredictable and he's not really telling you what he's doing. So I personally would struggle with that. I don't think Brooke would, which is this is where we differ as siblings. Um, I don't think she would struggle with someone like that. And she already mentioned she'd like to work with someone like him at least short term. I would really struggle with that. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. What about you, Brooke? Is there a certain personality or even if you look at this cast specifically, is there someone that you're like, no, they would be a challenge for me to get along with? I'm trying to think of the cast. I think, and I don't, I feel like I don't know much about um, her personality, but I don't know if I get along very well with NECA, not necessarily not getting along with her, but I don't think I would try and align with her or work with her I think we would just be acquaintances but going forward um and I don't know what it is I don't know I just I feel like I don't know much about her her personality Mm -hmm. well she comes across as like um kind but yeah not you're wondering like is she playing the game and and I mean in her defense we haven't seen too much of the season and too many cameos or you know confessionals but yeah there are certain players too where you're like, are you, are you playing the game? Are you having strategy? And then even in the challenge, she really struggles. And I think like, if you're an athlete, like Noel really struggled seeing that of like, man, like she just really is letting our team down. And that's where your mind goes early on. It's like these little things that if you had more time, you probably would get along really well, but you're really quickly trying to define your line, define your alliance. And there's certain things yeah. that you have to have as your criteria. I don't know this, but I wonder if someone like NECA, she, I wonder if she thrives in one-on-one or, or one, like three people, small groups and bigger groups, she can quiet down and take a back seat in. I wonder if that's, and that could be part of the reason why, because even in their group settings, we don't hear her talking that much. She talked a little bit, but only really a when spoken to type thing at tribal. So I wonder if that's the type of case where she needs to kind of break out of the shell a little bit, but in these one-on-one conversations, because there's a couple of people who've had good relationships with her and it's not like she's an outcast necessarily, or not like she's an outcast at all, but I wonder if the group settings is where she becomes a little more quiet, at least early on. Um, and who knows when she breaks out of that, she could break out of that next week and that completely ruins this. Exactly. And that does happen, right? Like we've yep. lots of the seasons we've done the podcast or, or episodes. I mean, and we've, guessed about someone and then they totally prove us wrong next week except for heather but <laughs> i was going to say i literally except for heather was on the tip of my tongue oh man just there or heather we're gonna we're gonna put in if you're listening on spotify there's an option to scroll down on your phone in the app listening to this episode and we can have some questions there that you can engage with and we're gonna put one of all the current cast members on this season who would you have the most difficulty connecting with because i think we often say who do you like london steve called me today 
He said, who's your early pick? Who do you think is going to win? Who do you like? And it's a good question. Um, but also, I think to flip that and to say, who would you who would you have a really hard time mm-hmm. connecting or who of, of the cast would be the most difficult for you to align with? Um, I, I'm just looking. I have the pictures here in front of me. You know, I think I don't see anyone here that is like a, a villain, per se, or anyone who would uh, like put up a wall. I know Owen said like he's known as the curmudgeon, which I think that's the episode title on TV. It's like Love- lovable, lovable, lovable curmudgeon. Uh, which we call Jordan sometimes too. And uh, just how, you know, he, but he's even making efforts. It doesn't seem to me like there's anyone who, you know, is that typical like villain. I think that just speaks to the the history of the show. The people are watching are emotionally intelligent to know, like I cannot be cold to people. I cannot come out and just not be willing to work with someone, even if they're very different from me, but that's always the human element that I was, I think Jesse even references this, like, even four days in he's like maybe it's the you know the lack of sleep and food but justine she's starting to get to me right so you start to it's normal after time there's that initial coming together you get along you like your tribe it's kumbaya and pretty quickly little things start to annoy you about each other so yeah it's a little like current survivor is a little more about villain moves than villain people yeah and that's you well get, said yeah you get some villain moves like last season um uh mike uh, just some of the moves that he made where he's going against his word after telling you the whole season that his word means everything. Those are villain moves, but Mike was not a villain last season. And that goes for anyone else. High made some villain moves early on in the merge with some blind sides. He was not a villain, but he made some villain moves. So, uh, and that goes for many, many people that have done, I mean, you could say Tony made some villain moves and um, but the, the day of villains like Russell, um, was the is the obvious one to say he was a villain he never won survivor first of all and two those types of characters are just non-existent anymore mm-hmm. on survivor that's a really good take i like that gonna steal that quote sometime there we go uh, brooke any other comments about villain. yeah exactly brooke any other comments about the vesi tribe so is there somebody you do like uh from that group i i really like noel um mm-hmm. and i think that's mm-hmm. just like myself being an athlete i can relate to her and it'll come up later, but in the immunity challenge, I really feel for her. Like I feel for how her frustration just, she was just so frustrated the entire challenge because of the performance in that. But um, mm-hmm. so I, I relate to her and I really like her. Um, I hope that she does well and sticks towards the end. Uh, I think, yeah, she's, she's my go, my go-to. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. And it's pretty inspiring and pretty, I mean, you just, I don't think most people have seen someone literally put on the prosthetic leg. Is that the right terminology for it? Yep. That, yep. To even like, a, and my kids were watching that part and they're like, oh, that's, is that her leg thing? Right. That, like, I don't know what yeah. the name is, but she's talking about. And, and that leads to an interesting conversation. I was going to get to it later, but because we're talking about it with, with someone like Cody, who again, he's easy to pinpoint as being, um, yeah, just the party guy who doesn't have a lot of depth to him, but he's sitting there and he sees Noel putting on uh, the leg and then starts talking about his own experience of having a friend who first lost his leg and then found out after there was the cancer and he, his friend died. Mm-hmm. Um, and they even showed his picture, which was pretty special on there. But again, like you talk about stories and I know like everyone has a story, but really a peop- someone like Cody is a guy where you're like, ah, oh, he's just, one dimensional he's just out to live life to the full but you hear him talk about yeah like that that really affected him and really changed his perspective on life and he said i probably wouldn't have 
taken some of the risks I did, like moving to Hawaii and doing some of the things that I do if it weren't for the passing of my friend. Yeah, I, real, I think he said realizing how fragile life is, right, was the, was the quote they used. It's, it's interesting, the story of that. Um, it made me think of two, two similar stories, one being uh, a story that we all know and most people listening to this podcast would be familiar with of Terry Fox. Mm -hmm. um, right. And then there was also a high school, uh, classmate that I had, he was a year younger. Um, but, uh, but very similar story, um, where, uh, through cancer had lost his leg and then passed away a year and a half later. And it really just touched everyone that went to high school. I don't know if Brooke, you're familiar with that story or not, yeah. um, from our high school. Cause that would have been either early in your high school tenure before you got there. But, um, yeah, just like, the friends, everyone being affected, obviously that that person comes first in their family, but everyone being affected and kind of moving forward in honor and memory. Um, and yeah, it, it makes, it shows us Cody's not just one dimensional, this fun guy, the, the living and loving life uh, type personality, but has more to him and has a little motivation behind taking some leaps uh, in his life, some, some stumblings on, along the way, successes along the way. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it humanizes him and, and gives him that other dimension, which was, um, mm. which is touching to, to hear and, and understand a little more about him. Yeah. And he says like, uh, this has inspired me. He's like, and, and in the same way, I'm going to play survivor as hard as, and, and as fast yeah. as I can, just like the way I live my life. And that, that kind of, um, line or summary of a person's story really shows up a few times in this episode. And this can lead us into mm -hmm. talking about Coco as well, because we get into, um, some of Gio's story too, very similar, yeah. right? About, well, not the same story, but some of his, his experience of uh, coming out to his family that he's gay. And they basically told him like, you have to not go down this path or did they say like, you have to leave? I didn't catch the exact wording, but basically yeah, like, yeah. like you have to change your, change your decision or change your way or, or leave and, and be gone. Uh, go some, I think they said either, he said either go live somewhere else or just leave uh, the house. Yeah. Sorry, Brooke, you were going to say something. No, I, that, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, that, that's, yeah. 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 So just, again, a very moving story. And like, unfortunate that he, that, to hear that, right. I think last week we talked about too, how my son overheard a part where he talked about his family not being there for Christmas and he's like, Oh, what happened? Right. But just that, the, the, the hurt and the pain of his family not being there um, um, because he's gay and, um, really struggling with that and just culturally and um, and then he but he again uses that as inspiration and has this real moment of you know uh, passion as well just like Cody does and says like I'm going to use this as motivation like in the same way I've overcome that adversity that's going to play into my game and part of me as I watch all these things I'm like it like it is it is cheesy in a way like our, our production I know does ask those questions very intentionally to draw it out but you can tell it's real. Like there's a, the, the lived experiences people go through yeah. affect the way you play. And then we talked about that last week with Ellie as well, right? Having uh, yeah. lost her sister. Just so. because production is asking questions to draw this out. Doesn't mean it's manufactured answers, mm -hmm. right? They, they probably have wind of these stories before um, uh, in the application process for the contestants or you know, hear a little comment from them and want to dig into that more and, and bring out the story, but they're not manufactured stories. They are, these are things that, you know, everyone goes through things in their life and has his struggles that they go through. And the survivor production crew is with the permission and the acknowledgement of these players, acknowledging um, those stories and 
and showing you the background and the history. And that's what makes, that's one of the things I, I don't know a ton of reality shows um, outside, but I, I know that most of them don't cover the backstory to people and, and humanizing them and giving them, you know, their story, having power and their struggles, having power in how the game turns out and their, their journey through survivor and how it will, you know, change the course, potentially work on changing the course of their life. Um, and so I think it's really cool that survivor does highlight those. I, I know that there's some, rea- there's definitely re- reality shows out there that don't highlight them and, uh, and that's their, their own style, but this style from survivor has been really touching and heartwarming to see over the specifically over the last three seasons now, but even before that they would do it, but it's been a huge highlight 41, 42 and 43. Now these are constant conversations that we're going through. Yeah. And they do as a masterclass in storytelling, uh, yeah. Tyson, again, was on the challenge this summer and Steph and I watched a little bit of it. Have you guys seen the challenge before? I saw a couple episodes of this season, but not a, not a ton. Brooke, did you watch that? No, I did not get around to watching that. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. There was you didn't miss much. At first it was exciting because they're survivor and Steph has seen lots of the other reality TV shows that were represented there. But right. anyway, you can see even as you're watching that, although it's, somewhat entertaining because you know who some of these former survivor players are the production value is just nowhere near the level and he tyson and, and others are kind of i don't know i don't know if it's poking fun but definitely acknowledging that they really he, what tyson said people who are like producing or working on a show like the mm-hmm. challenge like dream of getting on survivor one day like that's the big leagues that's where you go mm-hmm. and you can see it there's a reason why we talked about uh, brooke i don't know if you felt this way too like leading out of the summer Jordan and I were saying how it's like, I don't even, I haven't thought about survivor in months. Like I'm not, I don't want to, and we got to do a podcast. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I can do this. And then you turn on the episode and that music starts and you see them in the bus slash boat, as Jordan said, (laughs) (laughs) and and they're coming up to the beach and Jeff is there and it like immediately draws you back in, right? Oh yeah. With those months felt like it felt like six or seven months that we hadn't seen it. Um, Mm. And yeah, I did find it a little bit tougher to get around to watching the first episode. I didn't get to watch it till the weekend, but um, yeah, once I turned it on and it got going and I really started to get introduced to the cast, I was very excited. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people feel the same Um, and still trying to get more people on board. So if you're, you know, still not, if you're listening and you're still kind of on the fence, keep keep at it because the show will continue to move and inspire you. And it's a lot of fun. And you can play Survivor at home with us one day. So we move, as we move through, we get to see the Baca tribe. And this is where the lovable curmudgeon comes up about Owen. He's carrying water back from the well uh, where he had gone on his own. And he's balancing the water and it's just spilling. It creates an incriminating spill stain on his shorts, um, as well as it's just spilling all over the place um, in front of him. And he starts to mumble to himself about other people being out there looking for idols while he's out there getting this water and working for it. Um, and you can just kind of understand it. T- it shows you the story of how he is the lovable curmudgeon um, out there. Uh, and they combine that with, because Survivor does this all the time, they cut shot that with Ellie uh, missing a clue for an idol, it looked like. Um, maybe she ends up finding it later, but uh, but in this episode, she completely just misses it and walks away. Um, and then uh, Ellie, they get used into tribe dynamics. We get a little bit of every tribe's dynamic from this episode uh, with with Coco, Vessi, and Baca. Here, Baca, we had 
Ellie and Janine um, feeling as though they're in the middle of Owen and Sammy, um, but they feel like the guys aren't playing at all. And right. uh, it starts this, like I, I immediately thought when they're talking about the guys not playing, I'm, I'm thinking Boston Robin Parvati on the beach in winners at war and just going, do we have to play for everybody? Like, how are these people winners and they're not playing out here? Um, but then again, you cut back and it's the guys on that tribe uh sammy telling owen and gabe Ga- gabler gosh you're gonna now i'm gonna it's my that. fault man i, I messed this season. up last week i know um that the three of them need to stick together uh and the game the game's on now they've already been to tribal they had to vote someone out the game's on now and they don't want uh, the women on their tribe banding together um it's hard they put out tribes of six three men three women um mm. how does that not at least cross your mind in terms of, uh, in terms of making the tribe strong, Brooke, I'm going to put you on the spot here because if you're out there, you're an athletic female, you would be one of the strongest females out there. I, I, I can say that really confidently. Any thoughts on going to a tribal council? And uh, maybe this is more for for Vessi, um, where you have a situation where you've got Neca who clearly physically struggled in that challenge and it looks like she'll probably physically struggle in challenges moving forward how do you balance that with what if she's a big time alliance member and someone to move forward with and if you vote her out then it's two women three guys small tribe like just some insight into what are you thinking when i bring all these factors forward to you i'm thinking because i was yelling at my tv the entire night last night yelling keep the tribe strong what are you doing um personally i think especially it only being the second vote out keep it strong try and win the next challenges um keep as many numbers in your tribe as you can because going forward when there's a tribe swap or a merge that is what you need you'll need the biggest numbers so um in my opinion when it's that early especially the first, I would say three eliminations, keep it strong. Mm-hmm. Um, go for NECA. That, that's my personal opinion. I love that. Um, Cause NECA was the one she's like, Jeff, have you seen Nigerians like watch survivor? Like we're yelling on this, you know? And so Brooke is like a, a resident wannabe Nigerian as well, yelling at the TV and <laughs> telling people like, don't, don't just keep her cause you're an alliance, but it doesn't seem to be, the way that survivors played anymore where you just pick it's rare that it's like yeah the one who's kind of the dead weight in terms of a physical challenge that they don't go as often as they used to no but they're always in the conversation they're always right? in the conversation oh we'll get into this as we go to pre-tribal and tribal but neck is always in the conversation yeah. of these early votes just maybe she's going maybe she's not we dive into the immunity challenge and these relay i don't know relay race um just race overall with your team you have to dive into the ocean climb into a cage carry a 400 pound i think is what jeff said 400 pound snake out of the out over top of the cage back onto the beach and then complete a puzzle or do the number lock and then complete a puzzle is the order of how it goes because one tribe's at five two tribes if someone sit out i was interested that noel sat out um, I guess looking back, I'm not overly shocked, but I'm wondering, I just wonder for Noelle sitting out, does that mean that water challenges, anything involved with swimming is going to be a difficulty for her? 
yeah i don't know did she touch on swimming I'm, that must have not, been why not really she did touch on after the challenge back at camp saying i should have just done that challenge because when we were pushing the snake over i feel like i could have really been helpful in mm -hmm. helping to in in lifting it up so she did say that but there was no mention of how swimming is affected um, I think she said she can still wear the prosthetic leg in the water. I believe that was also said in this episode. Did you guys catch that as well? Um, yeah, well, I was actually thinking back. Um, I believe, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong or someone take a look at it. I believe in the first episode in the immunity challenge, she was one of the swimmers. That's a good that's, call out. Uh, I'll have to go back and check that. That's a good call out. I think because after the challenge was explained in my head, I did think she was going to sit out for the purpose of, I feel like climbing over those tall, like cage thingies. I think that would have been the biggest difficulty, hmm. but after that occurred and once they got to the beach, I believe she would have been more of a help than NECA would be, but it's yeah. the getting up and over that, um, that hmm. I think that's what crossed her mind. And that was what they discussed as a challenge why interesting yeah that was either way she decides to sit out so she's got a couple of there's a couple of reasons why she she was the one who's sit, sitting out i think the climbing is a really good call out um as well uh because i'm just worried that you know if water challenges but yeah that's a it's i didn't realize i want to go back and check that but i think i think you're right i think she was one of the swimmers in that uh um who set out that. for coco was it Carla, Carla, so yeah, Carla sits yeah, out Carla. as well. Made sense. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think well, they had cool someone to sit out, so you consider out CZ. Yeah. yeah, I, I think that Steph and I were watching. Like, this is one of the coolest challenges ever. I think yeah. they've done something like this before. I think oh they've yeah, had they've that. had the snake. They've had the but snake before. For have sure. they done the exact one? Okay. Uh, this exact combination. They have like a couple of different. You know, the cage has been there before, and the I do remember something you had to lift. Okay, yeah, the snake. Yeah, and you just you, but you can just like change up the challenge. So if it was was it a snake over a cage before? Not necessarily, but you start to put, you have all these standard things, not standard things, but you have all these different things that you can do with mm -hmm. the snake, with the puzzle, with the cage, with um, the mud runs that they do, the digging under those big. Uh, mm -hmm. giant cement ball or whatever it's made of ball that they have to lift and carry that's a thousand pounds they have all these versions of things you can do mm -hmm. um and you just put them together in a different uh sequence every time yeah. and they create your challenges um i loved it whatever it was yeah. if this is first or not it was really cool like just to see yeah. that that the physical exertion and just the strategy of trying to get that thing up and over while you're in the water if like 400 yeah. pounds it, you, you see it some of them i think cody and a few others tried to pick it up on their yeah. own and that would be my default like oh, i could get this but like you can't you and have to work as can't. a team to get this no. up and over you cannot then, do it on your own and people are like riding it like yeah you it. saw a couple people yeah. where once you get the snake head over they tried to grab it and like drag it down but the snake is double or a little less or more than every single person out there yeah. And so you grab the snake and you're the snake head that's come over the top and you're just kind of dangling there. Cause you can't, you're not going to be able to pull that down on your own. No. And we saw, I can't remember who it was from Coco that fell, uh, let go and fell in the water, but Cody was dangling off of it and then let go and fell in the water, mm -hmm. uh, as well. The Baca tribe did have the best. I thought they had the best strategy, two people on the inside and they just put on their shoulder, push up it, go a little bit over and you just keep 
doing that every time around versus trying to pull. Pushing is always, this is a sports lesson for anyone out there. Pushing is always stronger than pulling. And so, uh, so they got, had people on the inside pushing it up. And that was the fastest way of getting the snake over that cage for sure. Crazy. Yeah, that's incredible. And again, you see the, the physical exhaustion and Vessi's the last to get out of there, the red team. And you hear Jeff a few times in this challenge, like he's literally chirping them. Like, why are you guys stopping? Like, what's happening? Keep going. And they're just obviously depleted. But in that moment, to look ahead, and I and you see Noel on the side, just so frustrated that they're not continuing to move. But they get that snake up. Um, Baca's up first. Coco's in second. They start to undo it. For Baca, it's Janine and Ellie that are doing the puzzle. Uh, for Coco, it's Lindsay and... Uh, is it... so? Just on Cassidy? Jeff's, I just want to like rewind quickly to Jeff's quotes because they were, I thought they were hilarious. He gets, you know, the castaways always talk about Jeff going at them with quotes and then they, they do the montage and the finale of, of all those quotes. But I actually wrote two of them. I don't know if there were more, there were probably more, but two of them down. Vessi is dead still, which is becoming a theme in this challenge was an actual <laughs> thing that Jeff said. And then right before um, so Baca wins immunity. They put two people on the, their puzzle. They win immunity. And then right before Coco comes second, Jeff goes, this one's over. You can put it in the deep freezer. Nice. <laughs> he, he, you know, he always gives the like comebacks can happen and here we go. Let's look for a good story. No, he was, he was a non-believer in the Vessi tribe and in, in this challenge, uh, put it in the deep freezer. They're done. It's over. I love Jeff, man. And after all these years, he knows his place and he knows he's not afraid to call these things out and be very like personal, almost like attacking. And he'll, he will, he'll criticize people. He'll at least try to motivate them. But in that he's very honest. And mm -hmm. I think it adds to the show. Right. And even yeah. he, they're showing more of those little moments where like someone was doing something wrong, trying to open the bag. And he's like, no, no, not you. Like you have to go and, pass it to them to open it. Um, but when they get to that puzzle, and this is, I don't know if it was the turning point, but certainly a, a key yeah. factor too was Neca not realizing that that bag contained a key piece. She, she, she looks so exhausted that like her mind wasn't working because there, then the key point of that was you saw her with one piece and clearly the exterior of the puzzle had a black ring around it, right? Anything with black, a black, any piece that was a, a curved edge, like the edge of a circle or whatever shape that was, had black on the end of it. And she was trying to put that at the wrong orientation of that piece. And that just kind of showed you that's, that's nothing but her being so exhausted that her mind can't function in that moment. She's not used to functioning at that level of exhaustion, not, not overall exhaustion, like not the not sleeping exhaustion, but just physically running swimming pushing a snake even though she, whatever contribution she made to as brooke makes a little facial reaction about her actually helping with the snake but all of that back to back and she's so exhausted that she can't function and do the challenge and that puzzle piece if you go back and watch she she can't figure out the orientation looking at it from our perspective you're sitting on the couch taking notes or just watching the episode and yelling at the tv it's easy to see that she couldn't do that but the fact of the matter is she couldn't and the others on her tribe were in the background like it just goes this way and she can't figure it out in that moment mm -hmm. brooke are you a puzzle person how would you do in a challenge like that i don't think i would do great um i wish i was good at puzzles but um yeah i don't think i would do well 
and I know that pretty well. My take on that is if she's so exhausted she can't do it, why doesn't she tag herself out? I don't think you can on puzzles. Yeah? No, I think once you commit, I think once you commit on most puzzles on Survivor, you're stuck in it. Mm. Yeah, that would make sense. It's just, yeah. But no, I um, I don't think I would put the puzzle that's not my strength um, doing a puzzle. And I know that. Let somebody else do it. I'll pull a snake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's good. And knowing your lane, right? And sticking in it. And that is a huge, we've talked about that many times in the podcast of like, when do you nominate yourself for a more specific task that could get you like a lot of glory? But if you mess it up, you're the one that people point to. Whatever it is, Vessi loses. And you have this conversation with Jeff asking the tribe and Cody saying, the parade is over. It's like time to hunt or be hunted. And unfortunately, one of our family members has has to go. Um, And that's the, that's the, the downside of it that's as the one that puts together survivor at home events i love it i love seeing everyone there but you the team loses a challenge and then one of you guys has to go and it's like it kind of breaks my heart i'm always like is there a way you could keep them in the game longer but you can only de- de- delay the inevitable for so long and i did want to ask you having both played in some of our survivor at home events which i know it's not the real thing but it's really intense and you're giving a lot of your yeah. a lot of hours to this and you're when you're in it you're in it what is the feeling like when you lose a challenge and you know you're about to go to tribal? It's sad. Um, it is because I'm trying to think. The, the first time I played Survivor at home, my team went to tribal a lot. Second time, we never did. So um, I found it very tough. And especially since if it's the first tribal, like you barely know these people. You've been on a call with them you've been talking over zoom or triple play or other like social medias we use for like five to ten minutes and then you're just supposed to single somebody out and tell them to go home and pack their stuff or get off the zoom um it's really i don't know it's it's nerve-wracking because any small little slip Mm -hmm. you can just go home your wi-fi crashes you're going home (laughs) Or, or you're not and someone overseas is going home instead yeah oh man were you part of that too the infamous Lindsay vote she was not she was on the tribe that uh yeah she's on the tribe that won that challenge okay for those who are listening who need context we had a friend Lindsay playing from germany and stayed up like to train her body on the time got her kids babysitting for the weekend and then people cruelly voted her out first and has since been a great point of tension in all our friendships and I love watching it all unfold. So very good. It brings the fans back. It's good for TV yeah. and uh, Lindsay shout out to you. We'd love for you to consider playing a Roland as well from Germany and anyone listening, wherever you're from, this is the beauty of playing our survivor at home event. We have had people across Canada in Germany and elsewhere playing and it's phenomenal. It's a really, really good time. And we'd encourage you to come on board as long as you don't mind voting people and backstabbing them, but it's a lot of fun. So, the tribe uh, goes back. Vessi, they now have to decide who they're going to vote out. And uh, and at Cody's... first, oh, go ahead. just yeah. know, at first, they're all frustrated. Like, I think they show a, a confessional of almost everyone. They're all frustrated by NECA and her not being able. I mean, we saw in the challenge, she she struggled. That's no, that's no hidden secret. That's not 
saying anything outlandish. And they're all giving us confessionals on how frustrated they are. Noel, Cody. Um, I think the only person who really didn't give a frustration um, confessional is Jesse. I think it was the only one he was, he, Jesse was the first sign of someone defending her. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, and I think it was Cody too, right? He, you, you see him talking and he comes out, right. And says she was atrocious, which is a great play. Like that awareness, even if you're lying with someone and Jesse knows that they're lying. Actually, everyone in that tribe knows they're lying, but to speak honestly, and candidly, like that's actually hard to do. Cause if your alliance member hears you say, you were atrocious maybe they would not trust you but he's he's pretty transparent with jesse and she, he says she was awful but she's one of us like she's yeah. i'm locked in with her and so that's not going to happen um uh you know even though she's not performing well she's not doing much i want her around which is again how i feel about you jordan most weeks on the Thank podcast you. but uh we'll keep you here because we're in an alliance we got to stick it out to the end uh we're going places uh we'll see yeah. how long we can can ride this out but sure um yeah then you have, you have oh go ahead yes she also knows she's in trouble like she understands that she's not she's not aloof she knows that she had a lot of struggles in that challenge and is aware that people will be talking about her she also can read mm -hmm. you know when you you're walking around camp and no one wants to look you in the eye and tell you something she's reading that going Okay, so they're, they're thinking about me. They want to vote me out. She's not, you know, it's not a shocker mm -hmm. that her name is being brought up in any sort of circumstances. There's a couple of, you see those awkward, it's fun to see those awkward conversations where Neck is with, uh, with like a Cody or a, a Jesse um, or a Noel. Noel. Well, yeah. who you guys, yeah, especially with Noel. Oh, who are you guys talking about? Well, we're just kind of putting things together. Like, so you're talking about me then? Is, yeah, is, yeah. Well, and then I walked up, and now you can't say my name to me, but you're talking about me. Um, I, I know that, and it, I don't even call it behind her back because she knows that they are going to be doing that. And they I would, just know what I would love to hear is like a Survivor Insider. Who are some of the better players, like all time, at like on the spot lying? Like, because even Justine said she's a she's a good liar. She's got a good like she's able to focus in. But I wonder, like all time. Who would be some of the players that they would say, like, yeah, I walked up to them and like on a dime, they switched and like told a story that was really believable and I had no clue mm -hmm. versus like what seems to happen a lot. And I, I feel like I would do this too, where I, I couldn't help but be a little different or a little awkward or just give off a vibe or, a, you know, just you're analyzing it. Like, did I look at them differently? Did I say something different than I normally would that would give them a hint of like, okay, something's up here. It's hard to do. I wonder. I wonder who that who that could be. Like, was yeah. there someone on? I bet you someone like Boston Rob could be could be good at that, or just explaining to you to death what yeah. he. Uh, Sandra. Uh, Sandra. Tony. Uh, San like, you ask Sandra any questions, she'll just say anyone but me. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's all. That's all her answer will be. She won't necessarily lie to you. She'll say as long as it's not me, I'm good with whatever we want to do. Right. Um, but just those on the point, on the spot questions, and like as you're strategizing, yeah. sometimes you see people coming. But sometimes, like imagine Brooke and I are talking and I'm not really paying attention. And then you just show up and you're like, hey, well, like, what are you guys talking about? To be able to on the spot say something that's um, believable and like kind of consistent with what you've been talking about before, I, I would, I think that's where I'd get caught for sure in the game. If someone pin, like point blank was like, hey, were you talking about me? I'd be like, uh, no, like, we're, oh, what were you talking about? Oh, we're talking about, uh, like, and as soon as you start going down that trail, you're in trouble. Right. 
which is actually why I was it, we we saw that in this episode where um, Jesse and Dwight are talking to each other, and Jesse's trying to he calls it the pineapple zone, right? Like let's talk, yeah. <laughs> which is a weird name for it, but whatever. Yeah, I I, uh, I just want to know like what's the background story to why it's called the pineapple zone? Like, I don't what know. It sounds more intimate than zone. anything else to me. Not an honest oh, boy. time. So whatever it is, they have this honest time where they can speak him and his wife. And he says this to Dwight, like, Hey, I want to run something by you. What do you think of Justine? I'm not sure what I think about her. And he, he talks about how she was saying she's good at lying. And why would she share that? But anyway, just to have that moment. And then he's not so, so sure. Dwight is like, not, totally given off the vibes that he wants to make that move. And then Justine walks right up and starts talking. And Dwight doesn't like, well, first of all, Jesse just makes a, a really quick shift and is able to answer like, no, no, of course. Like I mean, you and Dwight, I thought this is very interesting. He could have thrown Jesse under the bus, but he also like, as he's saying that he's just standing there. Like, I know what he just said to me, but he, he bites mm -hmm. his tongue. And I guess, it's because Dwight at that point in the episode still thought maybe him and Jesse were going to vote together. Well, but Dwight does not have a vote. Right. They right. know that the whole time. So going to him and saying, what do you, what would you think about this? Dwight doesn't have a say. You're one of your, your most powerful, consistent thing in survivor is your vote. And he doesn't have it. And everyone knows he doesn't have it. So even running it by him is a little bit weird, especially if you're eventually going to turn on his, I guess it was to try and hold the relationship in place because Jesse ultimately wanted to vote out Justine and knew that Dwight wouldn't necessarily be happy about that. So to try and hold the relationship, explain and, and tell him why he wants to do it to see if he can be on board with it. But at the end of the day, he doesn't have his vote Yeah, to, to go along with it. Um, in regards to the like on the spot, what do I do? I wonder how much time some players on Survivor put into thinking, what if this person asked me a question? What am, what am I going to say? What is my, because a lie can get really easily caught if it's not consistent, right? And in, we know in Survivor, you have times where you have to lie to someone. That's not mm -hmm. um, that, how deep you go with it or how vicious you go with it, I guess could be a word to use is up to you. But at the end of the day, you have to lie to someone about something along your journey and it's what do you tell them and how do you keep that story good right you see you know justine walks up and dwight's just gonna say oh no we aren't talking about you well then what are you talking about right so what is what is the line that you come up with in a situation like that yeah i i i would almost need to like have coaching before i went on the show just to be able to practice that right brooke's a good liar so she could teach uh that's the reputation around here so yep. you could you could wow. uh, you could offer some coaching lessons of how to tell a lie with a straight face but um it's it's a big part of the game and i think it's one of those intangibles that as you're watching as a fan sometimes it's like oh how did they know to play their idol or know that this was coming i think it's those little just vibes or tells that people have kind of like in poker where you just see okay something is happening here right that is going to like something is different in the way they were speaking to me. Um, we have Baca as well. This I think the benefit again of the ep the longer episode where you get to see them after the tribal. And I was a little I, bit suspicious about this jump to them. Why you thought something was going to happen? Yeah, I thought something's going to happen because we never see this situation. So I'm sitting the whole time thinking, is something going to happen? Right. Is Jeff going to come to a boat to this tribe? Is someone 
Hurts. Slash bus. You know, slash bus. He might come in on a train. Who knows? At <laughs> Do you point? know what I'm talking? Did you hear this reference last week? No. Jordan, like in the very first. Now, granted, it's the first one back. We're, we were both a little rusty. But Jordan says, like, yeah, you see the scene. Like, it, it captivates you, the music. And there's Jeff. And then here comes the cast on the bus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then like 40 minutes into the podcast i was like oh by the way you said bus not boat he's like why did you tell me that at in the yeah, moment, at so the that, moment. <laughs> yeah so that people are listening the whole time totally distracted like he's the bus guy so anyway the bus the bu- that's why i now will for the whole season say the bus slash boat whatever it was the way they got there yeah so um, jeff comes in on his train and yes. uh i i thought he was gonna but i did think something had to be up because they just you don't see this now this is at the point where i also thought that is this a double elimination episode we went mm-hmm. five minutes of camp time and 20 minutes of talking time um on the podcast but five minutes of camp time and then an immunity challenge right away so i thought the timing might work out for two eliminations so i was very suspicious of them uh going back to the baka tribe mm-hmm. um but uh also what happened to janine's chin did we do we know she's got some sort of like scab scar on her chin um she probably I think it was the one I think it was the first one where they're crawling like army crawl through the mud and yeah they never actually told us where it was but probably somewhere in that initial okay challenge yeah that that makes sense because it didn't look necessarily super fresh in this episode but it was clear she's you know it was last scraped her chin last episode they had it she had it oh yeah Yeah, okay I I didn't notice something in the first episode but I didn't notice much last episode yes Brooke only looks to the heart not to the outer appearance (laughs) until she votes you out um i really liked ellie here too again ellie's one of my early favorites i think and she does well in that challenge and she shares about how she has like she had adhd and dyslexia and she would like freeze up all the time in school and people and even she said even her teachers which is crazy um would say like she's dumb like she's not able to do it she's not going anywhere and this kind of experience shows her that like it actually meant a lot to her. And again, I yeah. think this is, I, I think it's drawn out as the production, but I, I really believe that. Cause I see that in myself, like we're all our own worst critics, right? We all have these inner voices that to varying degrees that put ourselves down or say, we can't do something and just even overcome an, a challenge like this, where you've got yourself all the way out there and push yourself to try something totally out of your comfort zone. And then to succeed in it. I think that does you know, show yourself that like, okay, like I, I can actually do, and she, cause she even said like, even getting a doctorate um, mm-hmm. didn't like shake that, but something about being here and doing, didn't, accomplishing this is. Yeah. Helped. Even a doc- doctorate uh, or a doctoral degree couldn't shed me of that. I'm not smart enough feeling. Mm-hmm. Why? Like some of the smartest, like PhD, like the smartest people in the world. And she's no, I, uh, it, I still feel not smart enough. Um, and yeah, it's drawn out a little bit by production on doing this puzzle makes me feel like I'm smart enough. Okay. All right. Like, cool. That might be a little bit of hyperbole in the moment, but it does I know, show man. you. I like it. I, inner, I but like it shows it, you man. how the inner critic, it shows you like the inner critic sits there with going through the years and years of school and training that it takes to get to the level of education that she has. And still, that doesn't mean just all of a sudden the switch is flipped and she's feeling good, but in a moment of competition on a dream where it's so easy to fail there, there's that sense of accomplishment and of, uh, of, of winning in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think just, we could, we don't need to unpack it all, but there's, there yeah. is something season after season where we see people 
yeah, in the big scheme of life, like this made up game on that you're playing on TV, why does that inspire people and help them to have these real moments of like inner work and healing? And we've talked about how part of it's like you're away from the world and you don't have your phone and distractions and you're seeing the beautiful sunrise and sunset and, and then having these moments in the midst of this great fatigue and showing yourself that, oh yeah, I can actually do this. I think there's a reason why it happens season after season that people really find some healing. And it was, anyway, it was a cool moment to me. Yeah. Um, and they, one other thing I want to touch on on this tribe was the whole moment where um, Gabler goes out fishing with this and he can't figure out the spear, but as he's doing that, they talk about what did the rule, like, what are the instructions on Brooke? Did he catch we, that? Like what are the instructions we, on his idol? Right. Yeah. You and I debated this last week on the podcast, right? Andrew um, about, is it, uh, is it the next two tribals or your two tribals? Mm -hmm. So we were debating that they were seeking to give us clarity on the show, but before we get to that, um, Janine has to go through the, the bag that Gabler has for you guys, Janine gives us this story and explanation of how I don't lie. I don't cheat at home. That's not the way I do things, but I'm out on survivor. And all of a sudden I'm out here doing this. Could you see a world in which Andrew, you, I'd like to think that you would be the person that also stands up there and says, I don't lie. I don't cheat. Maybe I'm completely off base here. And Steph can let us know um, <laughs> if you're cheating at like card games at home or whatever. Um, but, uh, but could you see yourself stepping into the shoes that Janine stepped into? Oh man, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. I would not, I could do it hundred percent because there, I can differentiate in my mind. This is, it's like when you play um, a game and the rules of the game, say you're allowed to do these kind of devious moves that is survivor within the game rules, instructions of survivor. You're not allowed to steal an idol. Like you can't physically take it to your, into your possession, but you are allowed to go into people's stuff. That's one of the rules. It's, if, it, if it said you're not allowed, then I'd have a hard time. Like a few people, former cast members have shared stories of how they like broke little rules or snuck food. Like I couldn't do that because I have a guilty conscience. But when you're there, yeah, screw that, man. It's like I'm going, I would go through people's bags. I would take, I would do whatever it takes to advance in the game for sure. Because you're, you're on Survivor. Like you, you're there to win. And that is how the game is played. It's a cutthroat game. So uh, how about you, Brooke? Are you as cruel hearted as me? Do, do we really need to ask Brooke this question or do we know the answer already? <laughs> I mean, I would think that I wouldn't go through a bag, but you know, who come knows? on, come when on, Brooke. There, that it was, I think it was smart of her to come up with that and to do it. I don't know if I'd be that smart to do that. I think you would do it, Brooke. I probably would. What about you, Jordan? I... I think I'm in the spot of Janine right now where sitting here, I'm like, oh no, I wouldn't need to. I, I don't need to do that. I'm not going to. And then you get out there and you're right beside this bag and he's gone and you need clarification. And it's so easy to do it that I think, I think I could end up in that situation, but sitting here right now, I don't envision it. I don't imagine it, but I don't doubt that, uh, that that could happen in a, in a situation like that. You guys make me sad. It just means I'm not outright here saying I'm just going to lie and cheat the whole way. It's not, but, but it's not like saying that's the game. That's the rules of survivor. Yeah, like you're, you, you do whatever it takes to outwit a last outplay. And there's yeah. no, it doesn't say you're not allowed to go through people's bags. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. It's a little like, 
yeah, it is a little devious, but you're trying to like, that's a, a big factor. Like, is this idol available to be used or do we have to worry about it or not? That's, that's big information. Yeah. So yes, absolutely. 100%. And we get the information out of it. It is for your next two tribals. Right. So uh, the idol is still active. And that's, that sounds like it's bad news for the Baca tribe um, as Gabler might be kind of next on the chopping block. If they were to go to tribal, this is another reason why I thought there could be some sort of double tribal, but time ran out on the episode um, because they're kind of planting the seed that, there'll be a little bit of drama the next time Baca goes to tribal because it's not as easy a vote as I think they want it to be mm -hmm. um, in that case, because he really can't be voted out. Uh, we go back to Vessi and you start to see the groups are forming and the status quo is changing. So Jesse and Cody uh, are discussing, you know, Justine first, Noel first. Um, Jesse wants Justine out. Um, Justine tells him she's got a good line face it's a little bit of one of those one line he just kind of took and ran with it right a little bit and he did make a reference to cody's don't trust a salesperson yeah they totally well. that's a hook line and sinker there that's stuck with them for sure <laughs> yeah that's those are the moments Jesse. where you watch after like being like okay i was duped by him and yeah he, he did a good job at that right away he's a salesperson he told but he didn't tell you he's a salesperson told you not to trust the salesperson oh look justine is in sales mm -hmm. and uh yeah hook line and sinker is a good one he got he got jesse with that one yeah i wonder if like, would you guys hide anything if you went on the show like is there anything you would like intentionally not reveal to people like cody no i don't have anything to hide i don't think there's anything relevant um like i get some of the casts in the past who i think wanted to hide like there's some, I don't know, like some top smart person. I don't know. Pro you know athletes I mean? have like tried have to some, pro athletes some, try to hide as much as they can. Yeah, pro athletes try to hide somebody with a high IQ occupation might might try and hide because they don't want people to think they're being strategic. Um, but except for Voce, who always told you he was a surgeon. Yeah, <laughs> I like them. In my case, um. I just don't have anything that's relevant to hide. Um, so what I'm about like, being the champion of Survivor at home? Oh, I would like say that all day, every day. Everybody, they're all super fans there. They would love it. Um, make sure you include Survivor at home light, Brooke. <laughs> oh, Survivor at home lights is the only one I'm including. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the biggest deal, guys. I just kind of won against my brother. Oh, no, wait, you didn't even play. Nope. Never mind. Nope. Yeah. But if he played, though, it would have been the same result. So nice. Uh, <laughs> so we start to see some conversations in uh, in the Vesey tribe, and there was quite a quiet. We kind of referenced this convo earlier, but quite an icy, quiet. Felt like you could hear crickets in the background. Conversation between Jesse, Dwight, Justine, and Noel because Jesse's trying to convince Dwight that. Uh, it's a good idea to vote out Justine. Justine and Noel are working together and want to vote out uh, NECA. And Dwight's just not wanting to really say anything in this group convo. Jesse has to avoid, obviously, telling um, of his actual plan. And Justine and Noel are trying to get an idea of what they're talking about. So it just creates a, a, um, 
a quiet conversation. I think we got about five seconds of awkward small talk before the group disbands. Right. And Justine's um, not wrong. She's like, I, I just have this little inkling that you're going to go against me. And he's adamant that Jess is like, Nope, yeah. I'm don't worry. But she is picking up on something that is obviously accurate in this episode, but yeah, they, they, it seems like there's a, a, a decision already in the mind of Cody and of Jesse and of NECA that, yeah, they're going to get Justine out yeah. and it's not going to be NECA. It all seems like it's going to be fine. There's not going to be any hiccups until. Until Cody, the perf, this was perfect for this episode. Like you would have, I would have thought that this is scripted because there's no one else that I want to come across a beware advantage in this situation than Cody mm -hmm. because he's the one person who's not going to think about it. He's going to pick that up. It's a beware advantage. The votes are three to two. Dwight doesn't have a vote. If you don't vote, you are um, you're, you're going to a two, two tie and you know what a beware advantage is. Now, this could be anything, but it's not new. You're not in Survivor 41 or 42. And beware advantage, what could that... Obviously, it's an advantage, and I need to be beware, but I don't know what that means. You now know there's precedent for... Your mic just cut out for a second, but I was, I'll was i just finish your sentence and saying that you know you're going to lose your vote in, in the upcoming tribal unless you can accomplish <laughs> whatever the task was, and yet he grabs it, right? And he decides to run with it and he opens it he even says like i'm not even gonna i didn't even think about it i just opened it and he's probably one of the only people that would do that and jesse even later is like like you know what this does man so anyway he opens it and we see this very it's a new take on the beware advantage where he's saying uh where it says that you lose your vote unless you can get all these very specific beads off the bags of your tribe mates and you can't steal it you gotta make yeah. it yeah so did you guys have any thoughts on how to make this work? Oh man, I don't even, I don't know. That was, when I saw that, that was brilliant. That was so creative, but mm -hmm. I don't know how I would have gone about convincing the tribe to give me all their beads. I don't know. That's hard, man. That's hard. And cause you have all these people. And again, um, I was talking to London Steve about this today, how you might get, um like a bunch of people on board but then like is someone like i wonder if someone's gonna pick up on that or like that's what would be playing in my mind i'm like oh man someone's gonna someone's gonna catch on that something is happening here and for those watching now for future players who go on the show maybe even one of you two like now even you know that there's even more variations of these beware advantages and like you might just be the stress and the paranoia that's already there it's going to be multiplied even more it's like oh Someone asked me twice to get water today in the same hour. Is that like a part of their beware advantage? Or they told me to roll over and on the bamboo. And oh, is that, do they have to get me to roll over five times? And they get, your mind would just go to the dumbest places. Cause you're like, you've seen this episode now where they had to get beads off a bag and that meant something. So I think it's only going to, I think we're going to see yeah. the iterations of this in future seasons where people are like calling out paranoid guesses at, what are not even beware advantages, but seem like it. I think that advantage though was the best, like Cody was the best person to get that. I think. And in that situation. And in that situation, I think like he, cause he's just a, like a goofy guy. We see it. He's just living. 
he had his little hat ready um he was just like it was an unfortunate situation that he picked it up but I think he handled it really well and if anyone was going to get that kind of fun uh beware advantage it was it was Cody and he made it work yeah pretty epic thing and we don't know though as they head into tribal does he have them what did you think I was wondering the same thing as you, Andrew, who's going to get skeptical of this first, right? Is someone going to be um, skeptical of it? And I was trying to think to myself as well, what is the best way through convincing everyone? Is it to go individually or is it to go with a group? Obviously he had to end up telling Nick and um, Jesse about it, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it's just an interesting debate further. Have people, why don't some people give us their thoughts on on Twitter and on uh, Spotify uh, yeah, as well on what were your thoughts on that uh, that strategy? Obviously, it ended up working. We'll get to that, but it throws a wrinkle in all the plans because either you have to figure out a new person to vote for, or yeah, you got to deal with a tie, which deal is not ideal for anyone. Not ideal at all. So they get to the tribal, mm-hmm. and yeah, we're thinking he didn't pull it off. He got most of them, but Noel held out because she liked her bracelets. Um, Jeff, pretty directly, as we referenced earlier, just asks outright some of these questions that are very pointed and very intentional about the hat and kind of other things that are going on, trying to draw out some, maybe some more conversation around that storyline. And it just played perfectly for production, the way this all happened. And they, they showed it to us really well, but, uh, they get to the vote. Um, and all oh, we saw that moment with neck as well, laughing about the Nigerians, and how they watch. Um, and even Dwight, like being honest, I thought that was interesting of just reiterating. Yeah. I was just open about losing my vote. Um, but anything else at tribal, like stand out to you was anything, was there anything uh, else that Justine could have done in this, in this final they, pitch? Uh, in the final pitch, I don't know about that. They did touch on um, not knowing about idols or advantages and just kind of brushing that off, which mm-hmm. is interesting because the last five minutes of the show was all about, that beware advantage that uh, uh, that Cody picked up. And so they're talking about how, yeah, we don't know about any advantages. And Cody, Jesse, and N- NECA are just sitting there kind of on their hands like, yeah, we don't know about any. We, we, we've got no idea about advantages out there. And of course, the cool thing is the audience doesn't know that he's been successful. So they actually do a good job in, we don't know what's going to happen because mm-hmm. we all are pretty assuming that it's going to be a 2-2 vote. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I was like deeply staring at Noelle's wrists because she had the beads on her wrist. Right. Like for five minutes, deeply staring at them, trying to figure out because she did have some on whether like he did get them or not. That was what I spent half the tribal doing. I think they all had two bands. Yeah. Yeah, they all had two bands of beads. So I yeah. think she kept one and then. And did you come up with a conclusion on what had happened? I actually, my assumption was that she gave it to him. And one thing I did notice, I don't know who else, if you guys have picked up on it, um, with the reveal they did, I find that's becoming like a common theme now. Like the flashback, you mean? Like the flashback reveal, because they did it in Winners at War when Boss Rob got the three fire tokens. Um, They did it last season when Mike gave his idol to Omar. Um, and then when he had horrible acting skills and did not fool anybody for a second, but they did a flashback reveal. So in my head, it was like going through my mind that they were going to do another flashback reveal and that she did give the beads. 
You're a genius, like a, bro. It was 50-50, but I think I was leaning towards she gave them to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they pitched it well. Uh, you start to read the votes, Justine, Neca, Cody, and Justine. And, and Jeff obviously doesn't say she's going home. So in that moment, you're like, okay, there's a fifth vote. And that's where the flashback mm-hmm. happens. It seemed not like overly dramatic that she just kind of finally caved. But uh, Cody really acknowledges that it was the work of Neca and Jesse helping make that happen. And I think he's right. Like without their kind of insistence, they're like, yeah, go like, why don't you give them the beads there? And with that, Justine gets the third vote um, and she is eliminated. And I don't know about you, but I was very confused. And I still don't understand the way that the two other women voted with, sorry, Noel and Justine. Can someone explain that to me? Cause they didn't vote together, even though they were yeah. super tight. I was confused too when I saw well when I saw the first Cody vote then it went through my mind like oh he didn't get the beads and they're blindsiding Cody weird turn of events yeah I was I was very confused no clarification on that at all why they weren't on the same page no I don't have clarification either as to why they didn't vote together unless um uh unless Noel knew that they were going to go with Justine and just kind of did a threw the vote to Cody in case Justine played an idol or something weird happened. Um, maybe she would have chosen to do the shot in the dark. Um, yeah. So I don't know. But anyways, and then the last thing I noticed was Dwight uh, said to said to Jesse, you did it? Okay, we're going to talk later because he was pretty frustrated by that. Anything else for you, Brooke, that stood out to you from this episode? You're a big fan of the show. Are you liking this season? Do you have high hopes for it? Yeah, I... Um... I really like the season so far. Um, it's been good to to get into the new faces and their kind of different personalities and their their way of playing Survivor. Because every season is different, new players, different different strategies. So I have high hopes for the season. I don't have a winner picked just quite yet, but I have a few favorites. I you you like to wait till the final three to pick a winner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I want to put you on the. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who who do you like? It doesn't have to be the winner, but who who's someone you think has played who's coming out of the gate strong so far? I I mean I did share my liking for Cody, which I re- I do really like him. Um, and then I also Noel I really like. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think from other tribes. We have Coco and Baka. Yeah. Um, do you like Sammy? <laughs> <laughs> I what yes I do like Sammy leave me alone <laughs> um, Sammy if you're yeah. listening <laughs> Sammy's a good little character but I don't think he'll he'll do too well I think he's just he's not strategic he gives me kind of not as bad as Jonathan but Jonathan vibes as just strategies not there for him hmm. yeah I don't know controversial um, your love controversial is blinding your, your love is blinding your you're, you're taking it. Yep. I didn't know he was 19, guys. I really didn't. Yeah. No. Okay, bro. I had to break that news to her. Yeah. yeah it was, I, well, he's I 22 in his mind, right? That's what he said last week. He's like, I'll just tell people in 22 and he'll, for me. he'll run with that. So, yeah. And Jordan, I don't think I asked you what do you have a someone that you're leaning towards as a winner? I, I'm hopeful for someone like Noel that uh, that she can really push through. Um, it'll be interesting 
you know, through the challenges just to see she's obviously going to be a, a very strong in challenges, but will there be limitations that she faces? Um, but I think someone like her, like she's been quiet strategically uh, throughout so far, but at the same time, I think she's someone who's got that strategy behind her. So someone like Noel, um, I think is really interesting. And then through that, uh, I think Jesse's coming a little bit stronger than he needs to. I think he's a good player, but um, something in me tells me that he's coming out too strong, too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe someone like Ryan, who's a little bit in the background on his tribe on Coco, Coco themselves are in the background, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe someone like Ryan as well, who's a bit in the background, but is just kind of making small connections right now. Um, you could say that of, of almost anyone on the Coco tribe, really, but I don't know, for some reason, he's just, he's made a good connection with Geo already um, and setting themselves up to move forward. So I'm going to go with what was my answers, Noel and Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a great cast already. It's a great uh, season already. I think they've really drawn us in and I wish we had more of these hour and a half episodes, but yeah. it seems like we're back to the hour for the next few weeks, but thank you, uh, Brooke very much for joining us tonight. And again, congratulations on being a survivor at home light uh, champion. It's a light. pretty big, it's a pretty big deal. The Timpson family representing uh, you guys know what it takes to win. Uh, and Brooke, we'd love for you to consider playing again, likely January, our fifth season of Survivor at Home. We had to push things back. It was originally slated for the September, but come January and Katie and I, my sister, uh, have been really putting a lot of thought and work into what the season will be and where we really are trying a few things we've never done before, which are really exciting. It will create for a very fun weekend. So if you're listening, if you're interested in playing with us, whether you know any of us or not, we love for you to get in touch. You can visit our website, survivoratHome.com. There's a section for the podcast where you can leave comments and feedback. Um, if you have anything nice to say about Brooke or Jordan, you can write it there as well. Um, and Andrew. If you have anything and, nice to say about Andrew and me, as well. Yeah, all people yeah. all the time do. They message me privately and just say, you are just so great. Nice. Uh, no, nice. no one does that. Thanks for all. sharing that. Um, and if you want to buy us a coffee, we'd appreciate that. Just uh-huh. support us in a little way. Um, so check that out. You can find us on social media on, we're on Instagram, look us up survivor at home on Twitter and follow us and engage there. Uh, but Brooke, anything else for yourself, uh, as you head into this year, uh, any other survivor thoughts that you want to share with the audience? Um, well, thanks for having me out. First of all, uh, it's been a pleasure being here with you guys are great hosts. Uh, so thanks, but no, I'm just excited to see how the season unfolds. Uh, it's an exciting season ahead, and I will think about playing another season of Survivor at home. But okay. I, I want to finish a champion, but you might be able to convince me to come back in. And <laughs> okay. Two time, first two-time champion. I'm going for it. Someone's going to do it. Yeah. You, me, your your friend Lynette. So we're all chasing that. Uh Alex, we're all chasing that. Uh, yeah, Josh. That at some Josh point. over Josh in, as well. Uh, he's halfway across the world right yeah, now. There we go. But, we got a small club yeah. that's growing. Yeah. We all yeah. align. We could we could do it. Maybe kick Jordan out. But <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks, Brooke, for being here. Thank you, everyone, for listening at home, in the car, making dinner, making lunch, going for a jog, wherever you are. It means a lot. The community is growing, and uh, we will talk to you again next week. See you then. See you guys.